Amen. Lift your voice with it while you're clapping your hands. Well, that's the Bible way. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Amen. The book of Acts. Book of Acts. Chapter 4. Very familiar uh, scripture reading tonight. Give honor tonight to your wonderful pastor and appreciate him and all that God is doing here in this moment. I want to encourage you um, tonight, do your best, your very best to get people to come to the church this weekend. I'm just believing God that we're going to have miracles, signs, and wonders. And um, like he said a moment ago, I was, as a matter of fact, I was preaching a revival in Laurel, Mississippi uh, in 2020. One man came to church, and as a result of that one man, that revival ended up being 165 people that came to church and got the Holy Ghost, got baptized in Jesus' name from one man. That, hey, that could be your neighbor. That could be the one that you bring. This weekend, they could get the Holy Ghost and everything could be just turned upside down and inside. Listen, I'm just going to tell you, I've been doing this long enough to know I don't know how to have revival. Because you can't ever do it the same way twice. It'd be easy if there was a pattern to it, but there's, there's, there's not. You just kind of go through it the best you can, and uh, that's what we're going to do. And the, in this, God's going to ask us to do some stuff, and we're going to just respond. How about it? Amen. Acts chapter 4, again, very familiar text, verse 31. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken. And growing up, I was, my dad always had me around uh, older men. I guess that's why I feel like I'm 50 and I'm only 30. Uh, I tell everybody I'm a millennial, but I'm a boomer at heart. Uh, <laughs> but growing up, I, I got to hear those coffee shop philosophers, philosophize, if that's a word. Uh, and uh, there was that one thing that's always tossed around, and the question is, if the tree falls in the forest and there's no one there to hear it, does it make a sound? Anybody ever heard that talked about? Anybody ever heard that uh, philosophized and, and worked over? And uh, well, with that being said tonight, I just want to simply preach, and I'm going to explain more at length, but I just want to preach tonight, when the tree falls, when the tree falls. Would you pray with me right now? Let's lift our hands to heaven. And let's ask God to move in this place. God, we love you. We praise you. We worship you. We give you glory. Give you honor for there's nobody like you. God, you're so perfect. You're magnificent. God, you are excellent in all of your ways. We worship you tonight. We praise you and we give you glory. And we thank you because we know that you are still on the throne. God, I don't care what happens in our world. That does not change the fact that you're on the throne. And we're asking you, Lord, to reign in this house tonight. Rule in this house tonight. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Come on, that's an order. Go ahead and clap your hands, all you people. And shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Guess you could say the 
the answer to this question is what we've all come to realize is that sound is really what, what or what your opinion or definition rather of sound is really depicts the outcome of this question. It, sound, if sound means to you, I'm talking about on an individual basis, if sound means to you compressions in the air uh, that are a result when a physical disturbance happened caused by the falling of the tree, then some would say yes. However, if your interpretation of sound is used to be a physical phenomenon, then the wave disturbance, uh, some would say no, because there's no one there to interpret the sound. Uh, the human brain is a very complex thing. I don't really understand it all, not even my own, praise God. But uh, everything is it's complex, and because it's complex, uh, your, your response to sound, the way your body interprets sound, there's so many different avenues that you could go down and talk about from a scientific point of view when you're talking about this or asking this question if the tree falls in the forest and there's no one there to hear it does it really make a sound and uh, a while back ago my pastor and I were in the woods hunting and I said I finally got the answer he said what is it I said it does make a sound he said well how do you know you was there to hear it I said yeah but I was in camouflage that tree didn't know I was there <laughs> hey, some of y'all will catch that next week. But I was sitting in an airport not long ago and just picked up a magazine. And in this magazine, it was just kind of brain benders. But uh, I believe that the Holy Ghost will speak to us anywhere that we go. How about it? And so I was sitting there and I was reading this magazine and in these uh, talking about, you know, brain teasers and things of that sort, there was a little article there written by a man by the name of Dr. Tony Legette that suggests that if there is no one there to hear the sound when the tree falls, that at a minimum, since sound is only what our ears translate from vibrations, and I will quote, at a minimum, there will be a wave of vibration that will literally shake the atmosphere, the remaining trees, or whatever is around it to the core. And this is what caught my attention. He said, because when something breaks, there is a snap in the atmosphere that causes either a sound or a shaking. Basically, when something is broken, there is a physical law that says something has to shake. And with that being said, I picture here our text tonight in Acts chapter 4 and verse 31 as the first major opposition that the church has come up against. The Sadducees and the chief elders are standing up against the preaching of the resurrection of Jesus and they were attacking the church because the church was beginning to preach that there is one name and his name is and there's power in the name of Jesus. <laughs> it was a pivotal moment in the history of the church. They were in spiritual warfare. So while in warfare they did what comes natural to every saint of God to do. In verse 23, the Bible says that they came into their own company. In plain English, the Bible says that they just simply got together and they began to pray. I cannot picture this as a quiet prayer meeting. I cannot picture this 
as delicate because you understand warfare is messy. Warfare is ugly. And for me, it's easy to picture Peter and the disciples walking back and forth praying with fervency. I, I can picture some of the elder saints sitting over in the corner in a chair rocking back and forth and praying in the Holy Ghost. I, I, it's not hard for me to picture Acts chapter 4 and verse 31 look like something maybe that happens behind that wall right there. Sometimes on a Sunday afternoon in preparation for church, it was warfare. The devil was coming against them. The devil was trying to keep them from preaching the gospel, to try to keep them from moving forward in the spirit. But the Bible says that when they had prayed, the place was shaking. Again, going to the question that I ask you, does the tree make any noise when it falls? I don't know, but reading Dr. Leggett's paper made me understand one thing for sure. It causes something to snap in the atmosphere and something begins to shake. And again, I will say, when something breaks, something has to move. And with that being said, tonight I've come to preach to a church that's been pushing against the strongholds of this city. And I came with a word from God to somebody that's been preaching, that's been praying, that's been believing, that's been letting your faith go. And you've been praying and it seems like God hasn't been answering. And you might not hear the answer even tonight. But I've come to tell you, I feel a shaking in the atmosphere. I feel a shaking in the spirit. I feel... I feel some things getting ready to break in the Holy Ghost. And when they had prayed, something began to happen in the spirit. You couldn't see it with your natural eyes, but something, Brother Marks, was broken until physically you could feel what happened spiritually. Physically, you could see what had happened spiritually. And they broke through a stronghold. And by the grace and mercy of God, we're going to break through some strongholds. I feel a shaking in the atmosphere. Come on, I'm preaching to somebody right now. I've only got one point, and here it is. You've been looking at that tree, wondering if it's ever going to fall. Wonder if you're ever going to hear the sound of a breakthrough. But I'm here to tell you right now, I can feel the tree beginning to lean. I can feel the spirit beginning to shift. I can hear God doing things that are going to blow our mind. You've been praying. And the place is shaken. And while the place is shaken, God's going to shake off every demon that's been trying to destroy you. And while the place is shaking, God's going to, oh, robo satabaha. God's fixing to shake off every demonic leech that's had his fangs into you, telling you you're not going to be able to make it. The Bible says everything that can be shaken will be shaken. So hold on to something, honey, because I feel a shaking in the Northwest. I feel something in the Holy Ghost. Pastor's been preaching about it. He said it two times now. I've been waiting on this for 30 years, and the tree's been leaning for 30 years. Wondering, is it ever going to fall? But I'm here to prophesy in the Holy Ghost. The tree's getting ready to fall. And when the tree falls, things are going to shake. When the tree falls, revival's going to be released. When the tree falls, your children are going to pray through. When the tree falls. 
I wish somebody go in the shed and get a chainsaw and say, baby, I'm going to start cutting on it until something begins to shake in this atmosphere. There are, in preparations today, Holy Ghost, let me know that what we've been feeling over this last couple of weeks is the tremors. Say, preacher, you've always got a word from God. That's because I'm praying for a word from God. What else do you want me to preach? And God spoke to me, Pastor Mayo, and he said what we felt last week and what we felt this week is the tremors of what's getting ready, the trees getting ready to fall. I feel an earthquake that's getting ready to happen in this house right now. Even in the, in the, even tonight, on a Tuesday night, some of you came into church, and I understand you're tired from work. You, you've had a long day. Hell's been on you all day, but the tree's getting ready to fall in your world, and you're going to see some breakthrough in this house, even on a Tuesday night. Well, Tuesday night, we just come for a Bible study. I don't care what you came to hear tonight. The Holy Ghost can step in on Tuesday night Bible study and rock your world. The Holy Ghost can step in and begin to shake some things off of you and shake some things from in front of you. You've been praying and the place is going to be shaken. Acts chapter 16. There is this consistent thing that happens through the book of Acts. And I and we're going to get to some of this here in a moment. But it, it is a following of what Jesus happened with Jesus. Just put that in your pocket. We're going to get back to it. But Acts chapter 16, there's this consistent pattern that continues where the Bible says that Paul and Silas have been put in prison. And instead of, oh, help me, Jesus. I'm about to make somebody mad. Instead of crying and complaining and asking for counseling, instead of coming to church and sucking their thumb and saying, well, maybe next week I'll get victory. They've been beat. They've been talked about. They've been put in jail. They've been put in stocks and bonds. And about midnight, they started praying and singing praises unto the Lord. I'm just going to tell you, some of us wouldn't have ever got out of jail because you beat us up and we come to church. I'm, I'm going to tell off on Pastor. He, he don't even know what I'm saying. He's probably getting nervous right now. But I can tell you because he's been pastoring long enough that he can look at that back door and watch how you walk in that back door and tell how you're going to respond to preaching. Oh, Jesus, my McNary County's coming out right now. I'm coming to church, but I don't want to be here. I'm coming to church, but I don't want to worship. That's fine. Stay in your prison cell. I, I, I don't, listen, either you want a breakthrough or you don't. You can't clap your hands when the preacher says, we're going to have a breakthrough and say amen and then sit there and say, well, I want a breakthrough, but I want it at the cost of somebody else's prayer and somebody else's sacrifice. No, no, no. That's not how this thing works, honey. If we're going to have a breakthrough, you're going to have to go to the prison and you're going to have to make up your mind about midnight. I'm not going to sit here and cry about it. I'm going to have a prayer meeting and I'm going to start worshiping. And, and suddenly, while Paul and Silas was praying, they've been asking God to move and nothing's been happening. But can I tell you, when earthquakes happen, they happen suddenly. All of a sudden, with no warning, when a breakthrough happens, it happens suddenly. It was just another Tuesday night service. It was just, I was just going through the motions. But somewhere in the middle of going through the motions, a Holy Ghost... 
a Holy Ghost earthquake begin to shake my city. It began to shake my family. And suddenly there was an earthquake so that the foundation of the prison was shaken and everyone's bands were loosed. See, this is not just about your breakthrough. I know this is a simple preaching. I'm going to get to the good stuff here in a minute. But this ain't just about your breakthrough. This is about Spokane's breakthrough. This isn't just about your breakthrough. It's about the people that are in hearing and walking distance of this church. I would to God that every time we have church in them apartments and in them houses that they're building right there, that they go to church with us every Tuesday night at 7 o'clock. Every Sunday at 11, something sweeps through this valley. Then tremors begin to oh, run. And tremors begin to flow through the valley. And they may be sitting in their sin, Brother Earls, sitting there watching the television. But somewhere about Tuesday night at 7 o'clock, an angel of the Lord passes by on his way to Cornerstone. An angel of breakthrough passes by while they're sitting in their dysfunction, while they're sitting in false God worship, while they're sitting in deception. You begin to pray. And when you pray, the tree begins to fall and every it starts happening all over this place when we worship they don't know what's going on but something spiritual is happening in this valley I was preaching revival in Kansas City a number of years ago I was a young evangelist about 23 years old I was a lot greener and didn't know much. As a matter of fact, actually, I knew a lot more then than I know now. I'll just put it like that. Didn't, but I still didn't know much. <laughs> and I began to pray one day in the sanctuary and said, God, this church was set in the very, in, actually in the very middle of a subdivision. It was kind of different. But I began to pray one day. I said, God, I want to see people show up from this subdivision. Now, you just don't have to know this church you, you think it's loud, buddy. They're the definition of loud. They got, it's about 125 decibels at all times. And for those of you that don't know what that means, the average rock concert is about 90. And they run their sound at about 125. I went to church with earplugs. Whether they wanted to go to church or not, they went to church every time we had church. But I began to pray and we began to pull down strongholds Brother Mayo, and about six weeks into that revival, I looked up one day. I, I was in the church praying by myself. And while I was praying, this man walked in the back door. He had tears flowing down his face. I said, sir, can I help you? He said, uh, do you go to this church? I said, no, I'm, I'm not a part of this church, but I'm an evangelist. I'm preaching revival here. What can I do for you? He said, I don't know what y'all are doing. He said, but something keeps happening every time there's cars in the parking lot. He said, I drive by. I tried. He said, and today on my way home from work, I was trying to drive home. He said, but my car just wouldn't let me turn left. It made me turn right into the parking lot. And I began to weep with him. And I'm telling you, it was me and the pastor and him. And we prayed him through to the Holy Ghost. He is now a Sunday school director. That's what happens when the tree falls. That's what happens when you get a breakthrough. That's what... 
Well, I'm not just talking about somebody showing up on a Sunday and praying through to the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about the kind of revival that the whole city of Spokane is talking about. I'm talking about, oh, and it's coming from people that have been in prison cell, but you made up in your mind, I'm going to pray. I'm going to worship. I'm going to sing. While I'm in prison, I'm not going to stop worshiping because when my bands are loose, Spokane Valley's bands are loose. When my bands are loose. This whole city feels the effects when I get a breakthrough. They get a breakthrough too. And they prayed. The place was shaken. That's why it's so important that everybody gets involved. Oh, I'm preaching good now. That's why everybody's got to get involved in every service. Because we don't have time to keep praying chains off of you. God, listen, God love your little heart. We love you. We're going to keep praying for you. We're going to keep on believing God. But you got to grow up and you got to start living for God to the way that when you come in here, we don't have to pray hands off of you every week so that you can start laying hands on somebody else. Can I tell you the kind of revival that God wants to give this church is an all-hands-on-deck revival. Everybody needs to learn how to pray somebody through to the Holy Ghost. Everybody learn, needs to know how to cast out a demon. Everybody needs to know how to pray for the sick in Jesus' name. Well, I'll shout when it's, we, we got the most selfish people in Pentecost. I'll shout when it's my miracle. I'll dance when it's my family. I'll pray when it's my children that are on the rocks. Let me tell you what my Bible says. My Bible says to weep with them that weep, and we're good at that. We can cry about everything. We can get right in the middle of a pity party with anybody. But it also tells us to rejoice with them that rejoice. That gives me scripture, Brother Mayo, to say that nobody should be running the aisles by themselves. Nobody should be standing up clapping by themselves. Nobody should be leaping for joy by themselves. Rejoice with them that rejoice. And when we lock into this thing together, every man's bands were loosed. Let me tell you something. Preacher, you don't know how bad I've had. You don't know how bad my week's gone. Listen to me. Can I just be honest tonight? Can I just be honest? Is it okay? I didn't want to come to church tonight. I didn't feel like putting on a suit and coming to church. I told the Lord today, I said, God, I've been in church. Feels like 437 times this year. I'm tired. I don't know if my voice can handle it. I don't feel like giving it all. I, but there's something that happens when you make the first step. Can I tell you the rest of the story? I'm glad I came to church. I got 17 honest folks. The rest of y'all still lying. I'm glad I came to church. I'm glad I came to worship. I'm glad I, because something happens when God's people come into his presence and begin to praise and begin to pray. Every man's bands can't be loose. You don't have to leave here in bondage because you're in a church that'll pray the chains off of you, that'll shout the chains off of you. You don't have to leave here depressed because the joy of the Lord is our strength. And
And when we start leaping, uh, you start getting joy with us. Uh, when we start running, uh, you start getting peace with us. Uh, when we start dancing, uh, you start getting deliverance with us. The most valuable thing that this city has going is cornerstone. And God forbid that the saints of God ever think that, oh, Lord, it's just another Tuesday night. I, I, I wonder what would have happened if every man that would have sat in that prison cell would have listened to Paul and Silas as they began to sing. Oh, nobody knows the trouble I've seen. If rather than singing the goodness of God, they started singing the blues. I'm from Mississippi. Everybody sings the blues in Mississippi. That's where the blues were invented. What would happen if people, well, they've been listening to that preacher talk about how God can set you free on Sunday, but it's Monday now and he's in jail with everybody else. You know what kind of reproach it would have brought upon the kingdom if Paul and Silas would have just started griping and complaining, but they understood this ain't just about me. This is about the prisoners that's in my prison cell with me. This is about the family that I'm connected to. This is about the friends that I have on my job. This is about the neighborhood I live in. This revival isn't just about breaking bands off of me. It's about breaking bands off of my city. And when they begin to pray with that kind of attitude, the Bible says that the earth began to shake, that the world began to move. Now, you can say whatever you want to say. You can say that God caused the earthquake, and you might be right. But this is my opinion, and my opinion only. And so just let me preach my opinion tonight, and if I get it wrong, Bishop will straighten it out, and he'll be right, and I'm wrong. But we, we, we think so many times that the Lord come down and just started shaking that jail cell. That's not what I believe. I believe that Paul and Silas are put in prison, and they find out they find in their spirit to begin to praise and begin to worship. And while they were praying and worshiping, Bishop, the Bible says that the earth began to shake. I believe that the prayer and the praise of Paul and Silas reached down to the pit of hell and got a hold of the gates of hell and began to shake it so violently that the earth began to move. Nothing will shake hell's gates any more than a saint of God that says, I've been beat up, I've been put in jail, but I still got a praise and I still you can't take devil you can't take what God gave to me he gave me salvation I'll praise him for that he gave me deliverance I'll praise him for that he gave me joy I'll praise him for that he gave me peace I'll praise him for that everything that the Lord's done for me even while I'm in prison I'm going to praise him and while I'm praising I'm going to shake the gates of hell until the earth begins to shake Who cares if the tree makes a sound or not? The law suggests that it shakes. Who cares if there's anybody even there to hear it? 
There's something that snaps in the atmosphere that causes a quaking. And Holy Ghost, help us tonight that somebody just gets on top of that tree and starts jumping up and down until it falls on over. Holy Ghost, help us. I, I wish tonight somebody get enough faith that they'd be backing in a D7 dozer and just bring it in here and push the thing on over. I don't know how long it's been since you had a good Holy Ghost breakthrough that shattered your mind. That shattered your ceiling of faith. But tonight could be the night that your faith goes to a new level because the tree falls and you feel the shaking and the quaking coming from the breakthrough that happens in this house. So I mentioned a few moments ago what happened in the book of Acts, chapter 4, chapter 16. Is all redundant of what happens in Matthew chapter 27. Jesus is hanging on the cross. And there has yet again been warfare going on. Sin has been the prominent force in the world. And nothing has been done to demolish it. It just pushes it back year after year after year. Honey, don't you know it's been a struggle? Father, if it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. It was a compilation of 2,000 years of spiritual warfare boiling up under this one moment. And Jesus speaks the words, it is finished. And as he speaks the words, the Bible says that there was a darkness that fell upon the face of the earth. And in, in Matthew uh, chapter uh, 27, and I think it's verse like 54 or something like that, the Bible says that there was a centurion soldier that looks at the earthquake that's happening that day, and he, gets, he has an epiphany. He says, surely that man is who he says he is. Why did that happen? I'm here to tell you why it happened. Uh, if you go and you study Greek mythology, you'll understand that most centurion soldiers worship the God by the name of Poseidon and every time that Poseidon won a battle he was the god of the sea every time that he won a battle there was an earthquake in the earth they don't there is nobody else that gets the revelation of who Jesus is besides a Roman centurion that's standing beside him in that moment he did not know him as the mighty god in Christ for him it was just another beating for him it was just another crucifixion it was just another nail to drive but when he began to feel the earthquake, he looked around and he at least was smart enough to recognize that something just broke in the spirit realm. And this earthquake that we're feeling is the result of that man being who he said he was. He didn't know him as the mighty God in Christ, but he recognized him in that moment because of the shaking that happened in the earth. Can I tell you what's going to cause people to come to this church? It's the same thing that happened to the Roman centurion. They're not going to know what's happening, but they're going to feel the shaking, and they're going to show up and say, I don't know what's going on at Cornerstone, but something is moving in the supernatural, and I've got to show up. Matthew 28, the resurrection, there was a shaking. Ezekiel chapter 37, son of man, can these bones live? Lord, thou knowest, and, and hopefully I get to preach about this on a later date, but there is something here with Ezekiel that, that 
And I'm trying to hurry tonight. Musicians, at least start getting ready. Give these folks some hope. Because I'm, I'm preaching like I'm a preacher now. I'm, I'm feeling my Holy Ghost. And I might preach a little bit, but just act like you're getting ready. And so it, it, there's, there's this thing with Ezekiel. First of all, if we're not careful, we'll read through the scripture and we'll miss it. Because the Bible says that the Lord let me down into a valley that was full of dry bones. And our greatest mistakes in living for God is when we assume that God's let down is a, or that God's set down is a letdown. We assume that because God set us in the valley full of dry bones, that means that God has failed us, that God has not showed up, that God has not done what God was supposed to do. But the Bible does not say that God let him down. The Bible says that God set him down. I have a purpose for you here, Ezekiel. I want you to understand what's going on. And so if you study your Bible, you'll find out that Ezekiel is not just a prophet, but he's a priest. And according to what the priests are supposed to do, he can't touch the, the dead thing. So he can't touch a body. He can't touch a bone. He can't touch a grave. And so when we read that scripture, I know a lot of preachers read it, and they preach that when, when Ezekiel said, Lord, thou knowest, he was full of faith and saying, God, you can do anything. But this is just what I believe, Bishop. I believe that he was tiptoeing around these bones saying, Lord, what am I even doing here? I'm not supposed to be in this situation. Don't you know who I am? I'm a priest. I'm not supposed to touch a body or a bone of anything dead. You go look it up. It's in your Bible. It's in Numbers. Lord, thou knowest. But God began to move. And he said, prophesy. And Ezekiel said, so I prophesied as I commanded. And as I prophesied, behold, a noise. And I felt the shaking. He said there was death and destruction. But the prophetic word went forth like it's been going forth over the last 30 years. Prophetic word went forth like what happens on every Sunday when Bishop gets in this pulpit and says we're going to build another building. We're going to fill this up past capacity. We're going to blow that. You know what I heard him say the other day? And this got to me because I don't hear a lot of people say it. He said, somebody needs to make some noise so that a home missionary can feel deliverance. That every man's bands were loose. He's not just looking for revival for this church. If, if that's what you think the vision is, honey, you're looking too low. You need to pick your eyes up a little bit. This is a regional revival. This is regional breakthrough. Ezekiel said, I was in some dead stuff. I was surrounded by bones. I had nowhere to go. I couldn't take one step without breaking the law. And if I broke the law, I couldn't go into the house of God for seven days. But I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise. And the, there was a shaking. And the bones began to come together. Families that were broken started showing up at church. Families that were in dysfunction started functioning right. People that were grown up and abuse uh, started figuring out that God loved them. Uh, people that have been walking in circles uh, got some potential and got some direction for their life. Uh, in one moment uh, when things begin to shake. Some scientists say we're getting ready to pray. Sam, we'll move you will. Some scientists say that each earthquake that happens is a hundred years in the making. 
And there's this shifting that's taking place beneath the surface. Brother Earls, it's so small and so subtle that you can't see it. But then in one fell swoop, all of a sudden, what's been taking hundreds of years to come to fruition happens in one moment, in one service. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken. Do you understand tonight? Stand with me. I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm closing. When they had prayed, the place was shaking. This wasn't because of one prayer meeting. This was connecting with the prayer of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. This was connecting with the prayer of all of the men of Israel, all of the prophets, all of the priests. This was connecting with the prayers of David. And when they had prayed, you understand there, there, there's different. There's right now prayer. That's God, I need you to move right now. And then there's prayers called memorials. These take a little while, these take a little time. You keep coming to God and praying that same prayer, and it's, it's not praying in repetition as the heathen does. That's what the devil would love to convince you. Some of you have given up on some of them prayers. Some of you used to pray prayers of big revivals and big dominion and big breakthroughs, but now you're just praying, God, I just need enough to get me through. I'm going to challenge you tonight. Tonight before we leave, I want you to open up your mouth and utter those prayers that you ain't prayed in a long time. God, give us big revival. God, give us big breakthrough. God, give us big deliverance. God, change our city. God, change our world. And when it prayed, Hundreds of years of prayers. And the place was shaken. I want us to end this service tonight the way we started it in that prayer room. I don't know if it's possible, but could we turn the lights down? Could we? Just for about 30 minutes. Could you do that? Could you give me 30 more minutes? Look, it's only, it's only 8 o'clock. Some of you, if you was at home, you wouldn't have even ate supper yet. Can you give me 30 minutes? And can we have an apostolic prayer meeting? Find yourself. Come on, brethren. Find yourself a place around this front. Come on, sisters. Find yourself a place in the altar. Maybe it's that place in the pew that you pray. And I'm challenging you right now to pray memorial prayers. Pray long-term prayers. Pray prayers you ain't prayed in 10 years that you've given up on. And you said there's no way it's ever going. And when they had prayed, the pl I'm telling you, there's going to be a shaking in this house tonight. Come on, I just want the piano right now. They're going to sing here in a few moments. Come on, here in a little bit, we're going we're gonna to sing and we're going to worship. But right now, we need to have a Holy Ghost prayer meeting. Come on. We need a Holy Ghost prayer meeting. I need somebody to pray with fervency. Come on, pray. Pray building-shaking prayers. Pray the kind of prayers that'll shake Spokane Valley. Pray the kind of prayers that's going to shake this whole region. Come on, I wish to God you'd pray the prayers right now that they can feel it in Oregon and they can they can feel it. They can feel it in Idaho. Come on, come on, pray, 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 pray in the Holy Ghost. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken. 
Come on, I need some of you prayer warriors to really plug in right now. Come on, we don't have 35 minutes, 45 minutes to get there. You need to start there. You need to start in that place. Come on, I believe that right now you can walk straight in because of the doors that are open, because of the opportunity that we have right now. I believe if you will plug in, you can walk straight into travail. You're not going to take 35, 45 minutes to get there. I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost, you can walk straight into travail right now. And when they had prayed, come on, come on. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken We're going to have an organized prayer meeting right now. Everybody that would, I want you to focus your prayer right now. I want you to focus your prayer to deliverance to the demoniacs of this city. Come on. Come on. Come on. You don't have to know their name. You don't know how they might be sleeping up and under a bridge right now. But I want you to pray a prayer of deliverance right now. I know we're going to feel some kickback from this service. I know we're going to feel a shaking from this. I know the devil don't like this. Come on. You better be prepared. Put your big boy britches on. Come on. It, it, it's time to fight. It's time to go. It's time to press. Come on. I want us together. Everybody. Come on. God, would you save the demoniac in this city? I don't know their name. I don't know where they're living right now. But would you deliver? Would you send an angel of the Lord to send deliverance to them right now? Come on. They're bound by addiction. They're bound by drugs. They're bound by alcohol. They're bound by immorality. But in the name of Jesus. Jesus, send deliverance. Send deliverance. Come on, somebody pray in the Holy Ghost. Send deliverance, God. He